You are listening to another episode of Just a Thought, a new approach to the way Respond Worship Podcast seeks to resource worship ministries at a busy pace. Ryan Defoe brings us our thought today. Ryan is the worship pastor at Green Tree Christian Church in Rolla, Missouri. Ryan presents a struggle that we all deal with as worship pastors and worship planners, the struggle between excellence and authenticity. Let's listen in. As a worship minister, I know the goals that we can sometimes get caught up in really well. Some of my greatest anxiety each week is on Sunday mornings, um, where I'm wondering if I'm going to sing the wrong words, if I'm going to play guitar really poorly, if my team is going to make some embarrassing slip up, or if I'm going to be caught unprepared and look foolish. I feel worried about how new songs are going to go over. I fret the dead silences when people look around to see if somebody missed their cue to come up and talk. And the month or two leading up to our Easter and Christmas services stress me out immensely. If I lead worship on autopilot, I focus a lot on myself and not a lot on the God whose worship I'm supposed to be leading. I don't know if you have the same struggle, but I've talked with a lot of worship ministry friends of mine, and the struggle is always there. We often see it as a tension between excellence and authenticity, but I've never heard a good answer on this until I read 1 Corinthians for the first time. I assumed it was just another longer Pauline epistle like Ephesians or Philippians, um, but it's actually a very personal, painful letter that has a lot to say about uh, this worship question. In fact, 1 Corinthians, I think, is a must read for worship leaders and planners today. Um, The city of Corinth, which Paul wrote to, was basically the Las Vegas of their day, known for immorality as much as it is known for excellent entertainment and rhetoric. Paul went there to evangelize and start a church, but compared to the awesome philosophers those people heard there, he seemed really foolish and weak. In spite of that, Paul starts a church and moves on to another city. After him, a believer named Apollo shows up, who's been raised his whole life to be a brilliant communicator. His presentation is well-informed and compelling and slick. Finally, there's someone preaching Christ who can stand up in rhetorical quality to the standard set by everybody else. It all seems well and good, but when we overhear this letter from Paul to the Corinthian church, he gives them this talk. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I'm I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. He goes on in verse 17. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. He goes on about 10 verses later in verse 26. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think that they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. 
God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Here's what God has been teaching me through those passages in my own ministry. The struggle is not between authenticity and excellence, because both of those are all about me. The struggle is between anxious micromanaging and dependence. In micromanaging worship, we are putting all the pressure on our own shoulders, weighing the outcomes of worship on our own competence, and expecting all the value to come from that, from us. At different times in my ministry, I've been heavily in that camp, spending all my work week developing my personal skill and aptitude. And this isn't inherently wrong. There's definitely room for personal excellence in worship. Just like the story of Cain and Abel, we should earnestly desire to bring God the best offering that we can. That being said, God does not seek people so good that they don't need to ask the Holy Spirit for help. He wants people desperate for his presence and power to work through them. He wants us to join him in his work in the church, not for us to make something on our own and give it to him later. That's why Paul says this in chapter three of first Corinthians. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. So how do we switch our mindset to lean on God's power to make his own ministry grow? Here's the Sunday school answer. Spend more time in prayer. Make time to pray for your team this morning. Go off on your own and pray for each member of your worship team, anyone who's reading scriptures, anyone who serves through technology, anyone who preaches or serves in worship in any other way. Pray for the people who will join the congregation for your services. Even think about this. Ask your own team for their prayer requests. Delegate prayer to some members of your team, whether just in your own little group or or actually on stage on Sunday morning, but let them know first. Uh, Pray on stage before your services so people can see that you depend on prayer rather than on your own competence. Maybe in the future, you can use some prayer prompts in your services, giving the congregation some quiet time to pray. Find ways to gather in groups that are already at your church, whether just your worship team or your greeters or anyone else that that, uh, meets at your church and delegate specific prayer requests to them. Get creative in practicing your desperation for God to work in your church. And as you do this, I want to give a benediction from Ephesians 3. If you're not driving and it's safe to do so, go ahead and put your hands out in front of you and with your palms up, receive this word from the Lord. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Just a Thought. 
we encourage you to share this with those on your worship team. Maybe even making it a weekly routine of listening together and talking about the content each week at rehearsal. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to our website and social media. Follow and subscribe to keep up with new episodes and feel free to rate and review us. We want this to be the best possible resource for you and your teams, so your feedback is extremely important. Peace be with you all, and we look forward to sharing more thoughts with you soon.